Want to have safe kinky sex? Make sure you make your way over to AdamEve.com. Adam and Eve has over 12 million satisfied customers worldwide. Everything from the newest vibrators to classic movies. When you're on AdamEve.com, make sure to enter in the promo code HUSH50. That's H-U-S-H-5-0 to get 50% off almost any one item and free shipping. Do I need to say that again? Free shipping. Make sure you have your kinky safe sex needs satisfied by visiting AdamEve.com. Welcome to Hush, the podcast guaranteed to give you a load of fun. And with that being said, let's slide into the episode. Welcome to volume 57 of the Hush Podcast. My name is Kim and I have my co-host with me. Chris. And we are here to bring you the shit you love to hear. Thank you again so much for joining us tonight. We are actually having a follow-up with one of our previous guests, Alice Little. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me back, albeit through very different times right now. Yes, definitely. And that's one of the things, again, that we wanted to follow up with you about. But before that, we just wanted to catch up with you. How have you been doing so far? I am okay. Of course, things are very different now than they were when we last spoke. At this time, we are in the middle of, of course, COVID-19, so... The current state here in Nevada is that the ranches are closed for the foreseeable future and have been since March. Oh, wow. Personally, I'm doing okay. I've done a real big pivot to online options, but to say that the last few months have been uh, typical is not very true. (laughs) What have you been doing to busy yourself? Like, Do you have any current projects that you're working on? Oh, goodness, yes. My biggest project, and I literally just finished it earlier today, is sexworkersupport.com, which is a centralized hub of any and all funds that are currently available for sex workers to be able to partner people with specific groups that will be able to meet their needs. Unfortunately, the majority of states cut out sex workers from any sort of financial aid during this crisis and as such we're seeing the community really having to take care of itself it's part of the reason why I decided to start up the website to make it even easier for people to find resources that are available for them that they'll qualify for have you garnered a lot of support for that within the sex community fairly it's a fairly new project but so far everyone i've spoken to about it is extremely enthusiastic i've got a number of folks volunteering to help answer emails help refer people to different resources do research we're already putting together a list of all currently known funds that we're able to search for on our own and Of course, as people find other funds, we've got a contact tab so people can let us know, hey, 
Virginia added a new fund. Hey, there's finally an option for Alabama and be able to keep it up to date so folks know what their options are. Yeah, definitely. That's very awesome. I think that that's exactly what the sex community needs. I've been seeing a lot of things on Twitter about, uh, you know, well, the way that we talked on our last episode, there's just so many stereotypes and uh, the degrading um, attitude, the demeanor towards sex workers that during this time, I feel like everybody needs to help everybody. You know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Absolutely. The thing that's most striking to me in terms of online attitudes that are unfortunately really inappropriate is this almost joking nature about online services such as OnlyFans. Where people are like, oh, ha ha, I saw her up on OnlyFans. <laughs> like it's some sort of big joke. It's like, hello, your sex worker friends see you and notice your uh, not so classy opinions and oh, they're not really, we're not happy with that. Like, that's so disgusting to make joke of that when this industry is being so uniquely harmed by this. Yeah, and those are probably the same people that are running out hoarding the toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's, that's not wrong. It's, uh, it is so incredibly frustrating because the overall desire is, hey, look, everyone is just trying their best right now to make ends meet. Everyone is simply doing what they need to do to get by, and there is no reason for anybody to stigmatize or shame anybody else. Like, this is a lived experience each and every human on this planet is going through together. Yes, I couldn't agree any more about that. We definitely need to have some unity. I definitely agree with that. I wanted to ask you as well, with this going on, have have there been any sex workers that you know of personally that have decided to take another career route? There have been some that have, I wouldn't necessarily say taken a different career route so much as chosen to pivot the way that they work within the industry. For example, a number of us are offering something called the Virtual Girlfriend Experience, where we're able to use technology like Skype and Zoom to video chat back and forth with our guests, be it simply socializing or maybe something a little bit more randy, but it's kind of like a pivot, not so much as a a dramatic career change. But I do know of a number of sex workers that as a result of this are choosing to pursue other areas of interest. A couple of my friends are looking into going back to school and finishing out degrees. There's a couple that are investing in some online businesses. A few are looking into real estate options as we expect the market to crash. So what we're really seeing is more of a diversification so much as somebody seizing this as an okay, it's time to leave the industry. We wanted to ask you that about yourself. What are your personal opinions about that? You're not deciding to leave the industry anytime soon, I take it? No, not at all. I certainly don't see myself retiring as a result of this. 
of course, I can't really commit to, oh, I will return the second the ranches are open again. The reality is I'm going to have to take a look and see at where we as a country are at and decide if that's a risk I'm willing to take on right away or if I'll continue to do online-focused activities for a few more months before returning. Mm-hmm. I, if anything have been really interested in small business opportunities. There's a number of projects that are in the works right now that I'm really excited about, and some of them are a little bit more difficult to complete, as, of course, global commerce has kind of come to a screeching, screeching halt, so those are a bit more on hold, but there's all sorts of different opportunities I'm just being very open-minded to and willing to explore different options. Most definitely. We're all in support of that. Um, I did want to ask you, where do you see the industry going from here? Honestly, I see the industry becoming far more focused on the needs of the women and men that work within the industry. And I see a potential opportunity right now for there to be kind of this emergence of workers' rights, much like we're seeing in other industries where the workers are demanding things like hazard pay, they're demanding support, they want to have personal protective equipment, all sorts of different things, and I have a feeling that this is going to shift the narrative around sex work in some really dramatic ways. I don't know if it'll look like maybe hazard pay where the girls are earning an extra percentage more than they have previously. Maybe it's going to look like more places legalizing or perhaps places choosing to decriminalize. But without a doubt, there's going to have to be a response to this and the fact that this happened is undeniable. And much like every other industry, it's going to have an impact and leave a mark. Yes, most definitely. We just had a conversation... um, a couple of days ago with one a new guest on the show her name is Lola Davina she had done um, sex work on and off in the industry for about 25 years and she brought up how she was actually um, an escort during the time of the mm-hmm. HIV and AIDS epidemic and how she would if you would have asked her back then uh, about uh, going to an AIDS walk uh, she would have just laughed like no that that's you know there was just so much mis uh, misinformation about everything and then all of a sudden she said that the attitude just shifted and everybody embraced finding a cure and it wasn't so much uh, stigma around it people were embracing it this this is affecting a lot more people not just the the gay male community basically but this has affected a lot of people and this is something that we need to unite for. Do you kind of see it when you're talking about maybe it'll go that way? Uh, that's kind of what it brought up was just a shift toward toward things. And it, lo- it sounds like that's what you're kind of hoping for. I'm not 100% certain what the outcome will end up looking like, let alone what the most idealized outcome will end up looking like. But... I certainly believe that sex workers are going to have to be a part of the conversation and narrative around what is the most ideal situation, how do we want to be able to return, what kind of protections are going to be most beneficial, etc. I certainly, certainly hope 
to see some sort of unity come from this as a result. That would be tremendously valuable to everyone right now, especially the marginalized communities. Yeah, that's very true. We agree with that. You mentioned like a virtual girlfriend. I wanted to touch on that. What do you feel has has there been any pros and cons to becoming more virtual at this point? The biggest pro is being able to respect social distancing. It's also given me the ability to connect with guests that may not have been able to travel out to see me, but were always interested in getting to know me or spend time with me. There's a a number of folks that are disabled that make traveling extremely, extremely expensive. And previously, I I just simply didn't have the time to be able to offer online services. I just had so many, like, demands on my time due to the job that now I'm able to work from home and work even more efficiently as I'm not having to travel back and forth to get to work and whatnot. It's allowed me to connect with people I never have before, and that's been really beautiful and really nice. How can people connect with you? We wanted to make sure that if there are any listeners out there, um, that they know how to reach you personally. Yes, the best way to reach me is going to be through my email. That's going to be alicelittle at thealicelittle.com. And I'm offering all sorts of different connective opportunities. Everything from let's go for a walk with our dogs together to hey, let me go through and show you some of my lingerie collection and put on like a little fashion show for you. There's this kind of opportunity for people to build out what they want their evening to look like. We could do dinner and drinks and a movie and then explore each other intimately. So I have a lot of flexibility and there's been so much creativity so far. Have a lot of people taken well to that? Like, are you still getting a lot of people that want to do this virtual girlfriend experience? Or has that been a challenge to try to uh, to try to intrigue people with that? I've, if anything, been really surprised with how openly everyone has embraced this shift. There's definitely been this, okay, we are where we are right now. We are in the middle of a pandemic that means that there is no other option beyond connecting through this fashion therefore let's get to know each other so it's kind of been this warm embrace which is really nice i wanted to touch on that on the getting to know each other do you feel like this gives you more of an opportunity to get to know people with this social distancing that's in place or without a doubt it really does it's created a situation now that allows us to really get in touch with how we're feeling, how we're thinking, how we're each being affected by this situation. And so many people don't have anyone in their lives that they're able to share those deep emotions with, or they're having other people be reliant upon them so much so that they are able to get that kind of relief of sharing that information on their own. Have people actually shown gratitude for you that uh, for to you for that? Sorry, have people shown you gratitude for that? Uh, given this time and like the way you said, some people don't have anybody at this time, especially having to quarantine at this time. Um, have you ever gotten a simple thank you? All the time, it's. I I feel like something that's almost becoming integrated into our culture right now is this attitude of gratitude where 
we're grateful for anyone and everyone that's able to make our lives a little bit better right now. I know for myself, like I just had my groceries delivered about, gosh, 40 minutes ago. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing your job. Please let me tip you very generously. Like, I appreciate you. Do you need masks? Do you need gloves? Do you have everything you need? Like, there's just this attitude shift towards being grateful, which is really beautiful to see. Yes, we agree. If there is one one thing that I hope comes from this whole mess, it would be that we continue to embrace that that gratitude and that gratefulness for each other and the understanding that while we may no longer be in a tribalized society where everybody's living and rearing children together, we certainly are all connected societally. We rely upon each other. And as such, it's important that we care about each other and show gratitude for each other. Yeah, I highly agree because I think this is like one of the times where it's you're out and you actually think, you know, the people who work the drive throughs or, you know, the people who work in Walmarts or the grocery stores, you're actually saying, you know, thank you for, you know, being here and being open and, you know, still respecting social distancing, but then at the same time still willing to help you know everyone that comes in so i i highly agree with you on that yeah it's beautiful when that does occur i mean there's some people that are hoarding so it doesn't make the experience any easier for the rest of us but when people are actually uniting and again it i feel like the way i mentioned earlier it doesn't matter what career what career path you're taking whether it's the sex industry uh, which our podcast focused uh focuses a lot upon or whether it's just like the way Chris said, like just a drive-through worker at a fast food restaurant. I think uh, we're totally we're totally in agreement with your views on this. Unity is beautiful. Very. Mm. I I really hope that this continues and we don't take this darker turn towards selfishness and whatnot because it it's so easy people to go that route that I guess my fear is that people will lose sight of the things that matter yeah we can see that too it's like hey if you're able to put food on the table if you are able to have a roof over your head if you have any sort of income coming in it's like hold up one second here take a deep breath and be damn well grateful for it because a lot of people right now are struggling and it's easy to say oh open the country right in the streets but it's like guys is that really part of the solution or is that just contributing to the problem yeah because you know after the riots guess what they have to do they have to clean everything back up Mm-hmm. and it's like you're only creating more of a risk i know here in nevada our governor has asked for 14 days of decreasing caseload before he's willing to enter phase one which hey perfectly reasonable you want to see a consistent trend that we are having a decrease in cases before we can start opening things mm-hmm. i mean there's science and logic and a very clear measurable statistic that we're being prevented with how do we get to that by staying home by doing our part of social distancing by socializing online by taking advantage of the fact that we're able to use things like grocery delivery and all those wonderful things that if this had happened even just 30 years earlier would not have been available to us 
Yep, we agree with that. Um, were there any final thoughts that you wanted to give about anything? Your projects, coronavirus, life in general? because this is something that's being posed somewhat in the media is will coronavirus kill the sex work trade will this be the end of sex work <laughs> let me just remind everyone that sex workers have been around since literally the dawn of time literally the dawn of time every single yeah. society since ancient sumerian babylonian times Sex workers aren't going anywhere, and this is just evidence of the fact that sex workers aren't being given the legal protections that they need and deserve. On the other end of this, I really hope that becomes a priority to focus on, because sex workers are people, and sex work is work. We deserve rights. We certainly don't deserve to be stigmatized in the way that we have and had our lives endangered in the way that they have been historically. And I hope that this really brings about an attitude shift. We hope so, too. Thank you again for taking the time to join us for the podcast. And we wish you the best. We wish you well. We wish your family well. Um, Anybody that you know well. And you all as well. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Be safe and have a great day. You too. Hang in there. All right. We will. Bye. 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 Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Hush Podcast. Make sure to find us on Podbean, Red Dragons Radio, Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, thehushpodcast.com, our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter page.